0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. We're going to recap ACC tip-off as Carolina was, was in town today at the West End in Charlotte going through the, the the media availability ahead of the college basketball season, which is officially less than... A month away we're going to bring you sound From the head coach Uber Davis And the backcourt combo of Caleb Love And R.J. Davis as I can take you Inside as I was on site today On behalf of Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ today So we'll, we'll walk you through all that fun stuff We don't have any Closing notes but we'll, we'll, we'll Have some other stuff to talk about throughout the show But we start every edition Of the pod as we always do And this This quote is one that is very famous it is unofficially the the university motto never really knew who it was coined by but I found out today where I go to to get my 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 thoughts of the day and it comes from Charles Kurok who said our love for this place is based on the fact that it is as it was meant to be the university of the people and there's usually every promo whenever you hear whether it's um you know them promoting the the university that that line you know you hear that phrase mentioned they uh, show
3: the commercial inside the stadium at football games yep. i
0: pointed that i pointed that out the other day oh you yeah know, and usually what they do is whenever you're seeing that commercial they're giving you the you know the the glimpse of the campus you're seeing the old well you're seeing Keenan Stadium, you're seeing you know the Smithson you're seeing all the things that make Chapel Hill the you know the, the 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 special little college town it is. It is the oldest public university in our country and uh you know this is still something that look uh, the university's changed in our lifetime it's 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 gone and it's gone through an overhaul and I still think the thing about it and your sister can attest to it because she's currently enrolled there is that people still want to go back. You know, once you know, we always talk about Chapel Hill. Going to Carolina is a forty-year decision, not a four-year decision, and it's a big reason why, because it's it's a university based on people. Um, and luckily, the basketball program has had its fair share of great ones roll through, the likes of Dean Smith, Roy Williams, now Hubert Davis. Unfortunately, we weren't allowed to get in. Um,
3: hey, I was waitlisted, yeah. so technically, technically, I was. Half in, and they said, nah, we we don't really want you. Still waiting to get in, ain't you? Yeah, that's a fair point. But, hey, we did go. This is the best part. Whenever I wear my Tar Heel gear and people ask me where I went to school, and I say the school Carolina, Carolina of Broad- School of Broadcasting, they, argue say, they say, man, you went, to, uh, you went to the Hussman School of Journalism? Yep. No, not quite. But, I mean, it was the Carolina School of Broadcasting. So uh, there you go. I don't know if there's a difference. I mean, look. Uh, Well, one, here's here's uh, here's the one difference. One of them is still open. The other one is unfortunately not. We are not to blame for that. They did not approach us about donating to their fine school to keep it open.
0: To be fair, I could be to blame because after I came through, they probably realized we can't do any better than this. Now, they said, you know what? We can't get any lower with our standards of
3: admission than this guy. And uh, I don't blame them. I think they're
0: right. But, uh, so yeah, there you go. There's our pod <laughs> thought of the day brought to you by DraftKings. Send it over to the website or download the DraftKings app now. Use that promo code TBPN to take advantage of the latest offer from DraftKings. Does that-
3: DraftKings want to be a part of this? Because that, that segment... Yes, kind of goes off the rails every single time. So I, w- I wonder if there's are to Kind of like betting on
0: sports games goes off the rails at times.
3: That's a fair point, but not at DraftKings because they have those offers that can help you win.
0: Now to the task at hand, which was ACC tip-off today at the West End in Charlotte. Um, oh, and- you were on hand for the big event. Last year they weren't there, but
3: they found out that you were coming and they said, hey, man, we got to move it down the street to the Westin, the real
0: place that you want to be. You know, look, it, it, it's it's something where, like, I, I joked about because it was my first remote broadcast today, um, and I was telling the host that, look, today is more about me than it is anyone else here. Wow. And while there was some truth in that, a lot of it was, yeah, it was a bucket list item. This For is- some
3: reason, they gave way to it, too. They literally didn't even let, they you were not allowed to do it. Your normal segment at the end. They said this is a fitty day off. I'm yeah. like, where's my day off? What the
0: hell? Where's Flound's day off? When you're when you're the station, here it is. Like I am, and you you're able to manipulate things, people into giving you what you want. This is what happens. But no, in all honesty, it was it was a fun day. This is an event that you know. This is a conference that first made me want to get into broadcasting was to talk ACC basketball, primarily Carolina basketball, but. Um, you guys know me. That listen to me on here. While we're a Carolina specific pod, my love for the ACC is is very deep and very strong. And that was very, and so going getting getting to go through this today, getting to sit at a table with Jim Beheim, Leonard Hamilton, Tony Bennett, Huber Davis, guys that are at the top of their profession. And then you got the guys that we don't like so much, Kevin oh. Keats, the John Shires of the world. The best wow. part about sitting with John Shire. Was when I shook my hand, I think he knew.
3: By the way, are we do we do we not like Kevin Keats? I, I mean, I gotta tell you, I'm no, real I'm really admiring his work that he's doing over there right now. I think he's doing a tremendous job with that program. I mean, I I gotta tell you, I gotta hand it to him. He has really done exactly what I was hoping he would do with that program. Congratulations. Thanks, Kevin.
0: Um. So, yeah, a lot of fun today. Uh, Do want to shout out P1, Colin Hoggart, for making it all possible um, because without him, of course, I wouldn't have been on location getting to do my thing. As I mentioned, Hubert Davis, Armando Baycott, RJ Davis, and Caleb Love were all in town. Carolina brought the biggest traveling party of any ACC school today, and rightfully so. This is a team that we'll find out tomorrow will most likely be picked to win the ACC regular season they're going to be a trendy pick to make the final four and win the national championship. So, they 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 were, you know, they they were a hot commodity. Um people wanted to talk to them. But before we get to them and their Sam, ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips met with the the media uh-huh. this morning. Oh boy. And I'm not going to go into the full rant that I want to go to about him pretty much lying about the ACC relocating its headquarters to, <laughs> to Charlotte um, because that's the, the, the process that he explained was a blatant lie. Uh, but he mentioned something that we talked about a few weeks ago, and yep. it's something that uh, I think we we really got to start looking at and knowing that this is going to become a possibility. He so said this does mention this is the time to look at expanding the NCAA tournament field. And he kind of gave the, the the really the, the specific that, uh, which is more so than what Mike Slive gave whenever he talked about this roughly a month ago, is basically he said maybe you know you add a weekend to the field, so it would kind of be like what you're seeing with the college football expansion, where you're adding more teams, but so many teams get a buy. The same would still be implemented here. You're just adding almost like a whole play-in. Instead of, you know, the play-in two days, it would basically become a play-in weekend. Um, and it, it's, it's something that, you know, it's 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 now going to be a talking point because it's now it's out there. It wasn't just headlined by the SEC commissioner. You had the ACC commissioner come out and pretty much say, yeah, maybe this is the time to expand it. This was, you know, he gave his logical way to expand the tournament field. And just wanted to get your thoughts on – what he laid out as the logical way to expand it, because Sankey just talked about expansion, never really said what or how. He just said we need to expand the field, because a Texas A&M team that, yes, I thought should have made the field of sixty-eight, didn't. He gets mad. He throws a, you know, he, he you know, he, he throws a fit. Yep. Let's just expand the field, but never gave any background into what he wanted. Jim Phillips, in favor of expansion, said, "This is what I think is the most logical way to do so."
3: Yeah, well, that sounds about right for Greg Sankey, who knows nothing about basketball. Nor should you, because your conference sucks when it comes to basketball. Outside of what, maybe two schools. I mean, and even I mean, are we trying to say that Tennessee is a basketball power? No, they've had some success, but I guess Arkansas would be in there too. But you know, a lot that that success is sort of split as well. So. Uh, this one, yeah, this, this is probably should open a lot more eyes. This should have people saying to themselves, man, this looks like a realistic possibility. Now this makes a little more sense. The question that I would have had is, and, and, you know, of course, when he's up there, they're not going to spend too much time on that. He's only up there for a limited time. So if I was sitting down with him, my question would be, okay, what is the number that you guys are looking at? 96. To expand to an entire weekend as a play. I mean, that's a lot of teams. If if it was, let's say that it was just an, ex, an expansion upon what they are already doing in Dayton, and you had 12 teams there instead of four, okay, then I could probably get behind that. Okay, let's make it an actual play-in tournament to get into the actual field. 96, that's still just a lot, man. That's adding, so, so I mean, at that point... I mean, you are still having te- every team basically play an extra game. Or you would get, no, it wouldn't be, but you, I mean, you would still have half the field that would have to play an extra game rather. I'm just. I'm still not in favor of that. I, I just. There are still going to be teams that are going to pull upsets. Now, my my thing is too. Okay, so you're adding
0: that extra weekend. Are you eliminating the automatic qualifiers? Well, I I think that's why. You know that. I, I think that's why 96 is the number because when they expanded from 65 to 68, they were looking at 72. I think it was something in the 80s or whatever. They just landed on 68. I think the one positive is that if you go to if you go to 96 you're not you're not eliminating your automatic qualifiers so you're keeping you're keeping the heart of what makes the tournament so special the St. Peters of the world they're still in the fabric. Yeah. My the biggest reason why we're all nervous about expansion is them taking away the small schools which are what make the tournament the tournament. Because if a 15-seeded cow beat a two-seed, a 10-seed, a seven-seed, or whatever, it would still be a "quote unquote" upset. It's not the same drama because cows, a Division One program, they've got a budget, they've got a campus number that's huge. So St. Like, Peter's had a athletic budget of less than a million dollars. I mean,
3: also here's the thing is like look at some of the records of those teams that you would be putting in there. You would have teams that are like five, six, seven games under five hundred making the tournament field.
0: Not there's okay, not many that, that's a gross overreaction. You would have with 96, you would have
3: you would definitely have teams probably uh, may, maybe, no, not six, you, maybe not six maybe not six or six for, you
0: would definitely have teams. It opens the door more for actual one big leagues to put multiple schools in the tournament.
3: I mean maybe, but we've seen how many of these these schools that come from one big leagues are legitimately on the NCAA bubble? Most of them are not. I they're mean, not, got teams they're not with that, the
0: current system. I don't only think 68 they would. Teams are in there, but
3: how many teams would honestly get in? You have to think ninety six. I mean, it's it is an expansion, but it's not as big of an expansion as it probably seems in a lot of people's it's minds. Twenty eight teams, but still, how many of those do you honestly think come? Because I think if you even if you just look at last year, there would have been multiple other ACC teams that would have made it in. There yep. would have been multiple SEC that, teams that make it in that weren't below five hundred there would have been multiple big tens and teams that made it in and no I believe big Ten they would have put below 500 teams in there they would value their conference that's going to be the problem is that they will still not value any of these small conferences if they're first of all if you're going off of what Sankey wants eliminating the conference the the automatic qualifiers well they I mean they they wouldn't value you'd have teams that are in small conferences that would have no representation. I mean, what are the small conferences that may have a chance of actually getting multiple teams in? I mean, there already are. Like, the, the A-10 in their good years gets multiple teams I in. I mean,
0: it, it kind of ebbs and flows on a year-in, year-out basis. I mean, basis. what, maybe
3: this helps maybe, like, the Missouri Valley.
0: The MAC sometimes the, the, has two or three the really Ohio good-
3: Valley. Like I I don't I don't see there's not as much upside to that. I think that really it, this would still just favor the big conferences oh, that these there's, teams there's in.
0: no doubt. I'm just saying this belief that you're putting teams that are seven games below five hundred, that's a gross overreaction. Well, to
3: I'm them. gonna tell you, Syracuse would never miss the tournament, no matter if they were below five hundred or above five hundred. Like they would put them in because they're a team that they have seen before. They've made runs in the tournament, and it doesn't matter. They could be two games below 500. Well, we they're going to put them in because they have this win on the schedule, as opposed to a team that you know it. Let's say is in the Missouri Valley. They have five losses the entire season, three of them in conference. Well, we value this win from Syracuse, okay? But let's be honest. Who's more deserving out of those two teams to play for a championship?
0: Well, I, I also that's think the problem. I also think that if they were to uh, to expand it, they would adjust the qual you know, like their their metrics and what they base stuff on, especially since they've brought the net in. The net's really done a really good job of keeping teams that were at or just above five hundred. They've kind of the net has really taken them off the board because you've got the wins separated quad one, quad two, quad three, and quad four. So I, I, I do think it would iron itself out again. I'm not for expansion. I think 68 is perfect. Um, this is I'm, I'm one of the rare guys that I enjoy the first four as much as people say it doesn't feel like the tournament. Those people that tell you that they're not college basketball fans. They don't understand the historic the 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 the, the historic nature that Dayton means to college basketball. So it it's the perfect place to have the first four. And you look at the the the, the track record of teams in the first four. Making the second weekend of the tournament, it's happened in every year but two. So, it's a, another sense of those are people who frankly don't know what they're talking about, trying to tell us why the NCAA tournament doesn't, why why March Madness isn't no longer what it is. Anyway, back to what really matters, which is which is our, which is our guys, and and so Huber Davis came by came by the set. Um and, and you know, this was a guy that we heard all last year talk about not being overwhelmed, talked about being comfortable, and it's one thing to to hear that; it's another thing to then see it in person, because he doesn't look like a guy who's overwhelmed. He does look comfortable, and expectations are as high as they're they're going to be while he's the head coach here. Like he's in he's only in his second year. But he's facing a team, or he's he's got a team that we've labeled, and and I I think the more we get closer and closer to the year, is going to be labeled as its national title or bust in Chapel Hill. And he talked about having a team that is ready to go and is hungry for this season.
2: There's a hunger and thirst uh, amongst our team. The special part about it is that hunger and thirst is coming from different directions. You know, you have the returning players that. Um, want to get back to the same spot and, and have a different narrative in the championship game. And then you've got a freshman group that was able to see this from afar, and now they're front and center, and they want to be a part of it. And then then you add, like, a who's had an unbelievable career at Northwestern and has never been to the NCAA tournament, so there's a hunger and thirst from them as well. And so... We're in a good spot right now, and our, our focus is, is just like last year, becoming the best team that we can be. And at the end of the year, we'll see what, what that looks like.
0: I think it really matters that that message is out there because I think we knew the 16-17 was definitely motivated, I think, to get back. I don't know if there was a hunger to get back because they didn't enter the next year with the same expectations. They were a top-10 team in the country, but they didn't have the recruiting class that this team had. They, of course, the portal then wasn't what the portal is now, so you weren't adding a fifth-year you know, transfer who's who's played Division One college basketball for four years. And even though they lost in heartbreaking fashion, their run was quite different because they were a one-seed in the tournament. This team was an eight-seed that— had to go through a lot just, just to get there. So I thought the messaging in terms of this team being hungry was, was a different perspective on how this team is, is, is entering a year where they know they're, they're, they're faced with expectations.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. The 16 team, I think, was definitely motivated, and I think they became more motivated as the season went along because, you know, it became win this one for the guys that didn't return and were not able to be here to win this title. Um, This one is is certainly different, though. This one probably feels more like that 08-09 team in terms of the fact that you bring everybody but one key guy back. Um, and that is only because he exhausted his eligibility. If Brady Manick could still be here, he would still be here. Um, but you could tell, you know, not just from Huber, but from Caleb uh, and RJ, both guys that seemed extremely motivated. The job is not done. Um They are not a a group that says, hey, man, we had a great run last year. You know, we're still buzzing off of that. Not really. They seem like a group that is hyper-focused and know that they have the talent and that they came back for one reason to win a title. The interesting part of this quote was he mentioned Pete Nance, too. Look, man, Pete Nance comes in as a transfer. He's never been to an NCAA tournament, let alone – even making the second weekend, making a Final Four, whatever. This dude wants to prove something. Um, the, the the freshmen, you know, this is a group that's young and hungry. Um, and, you know, even some of the depth guys want to prove that they are valuable pieces and that they are worthy of being a part of a national championship team. And I think the other thing is is don't underestimate the hunger of Hubert Davis to get back there remember that Hubert was an assistant coach on that 2016 team that lost he was a guy that we saw more emotional than just about anybody when they lost that national title and it was his goal along with the rest of the staff and those players to get back there to win a title don't underestimate how motivated he is either the hunger that he has to get this team back there and win them a title because as he said He's brought this up multiple times, and he brought it up again today. I want them to have the same experience that I had when I was here and that other people have had, other Toriel greats have had when they have been here, which ultimately means I want them to win a national championship and get that feeling. If there was any question about the motivation level of this team, which I don't think there should have been, but if there was, today – these quotes should prove to you That this team knows what the goal is And they're ready for it
0: one, one reason why this team Ultimately fell short And something we have really talked about At nauseam all summer Was the lack of depth And that was something that we knew After the national title game They were going to have to develop Assuming everybody came back for What is now we're looking at you know, A, a, a proverbial run to the title Everybody is back you address your needs via the portal. You bring in four freshmen. So now on paper, it looks like you have the depth. And Hubert Davis talked about how excited he is to have a deeper, more talented roster in his second year at Carolina.
2: That's one of the things that I'm really excited about this year. I feel like and I know that we have tremendous depth. You know, the, the improvement of uh, DeMarco Dunn and Dontre Styles. I'm really excited about. Um, the talent of of the incoming freshman class with Tyler Nickel and Seth Trimble and and Jalen Washington and um, these guys, uh, Will Shaver, they've improved so much and and they're ready to go and they're so talented and so I really believe that, you know, I never went into last year wanting to play 5.5 guys, you know, I always say that, you know, the rotation, the players dictate that. My hope is this year that so many guys step up that we have that depth and that that could give that rest to r j and Caleb and armando and and to Pete and to leaky, so we don't feel tired in games like back to Back against Virginia Tech and also the national championship game against Kansas
0: I think he knows how important how important it is to be deep and you know, he 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 said during last year, I don't like having to play five guys. He said today, I didn't like playing five and a half guys. But he felt like it was the best way to give his team a chance to win. And I, I think it's something where we've talked about the NBA influence he has from, you know, from coaching under or playing under the likes of Don Nelson and Pat Riley and stuff like that, where they may never be as deep as they were under Roy Williams where they were going nine or ten deep but i think he wants to be at least 8 8 deep 9 deep and i think he looks at the roster and i think he looks at the roster and it's more of a situation where he'll be more disappointed with this group if they're not deep as opposed to last year cuz i think last year i think i think he knew better than we than we we thought or we we would have predicted i think he knew they were a lot more limited than I think we thought, because if you go back to last preseason, we thought this team was also going to be a rather deep squad.
3: Yeah, well, here's the other thing that I think is is a little bit different now um, at this time of the year. I think this answer, I don't know if it would have been exactly the same, but remember that this was a group that had some depth early on last year. You had Dawson Garcia. You had Anthony Harris. Um, Anthony Harris was a little bit of a mystery heading into the year, so maybe Hubert wouldn't have been as confident. But if you would have asked him that question within the first, like, two, three weeks of the season, he would have said, yeah, we got some pretty good depth. You know, we'll also have Puff when he returns. And, we, you know, they were still working Tread Styles in, and he probably would have eventually had a role too. The problem that that team ran into a year ago was you saw, you know, Puff, Took some time to return, so he he wasn't a part of the rotation early, so it took him some time to sort of build himself up as a rotational player. And then you combined it with what happened with Dawson Garcia in terms of the concussion followed by him returning to the court and then having to leave due to the family issue. And Anthony Harris, who had settled into his own, being ruled academically ineligible. So all that i think kind of put carolina in a spot where they were forced into using the iron 5 and eventually having to you know find those guys as they got into the tournament that could be that 6th 7th man off the bench this group i think there's no doubt and i think here's the other thing is that the deeper depth on this group is more talented and you talk about motivation. There are guys that look motivated to come in and make a, an immediate impact. And it's guys that, you know, we, I'm not going to say that we don't think or didn't think or were going to have major impacts. But, you know, look, I, I I did not look at Tyler Nickel and say, man, I expect this dude to come in and play a big role. I'm going to tell you, if he shoots the way that he did in the live action scrimmage, and if he can sort of continue that, he's gonna get a chance to be on the floor. And that's one of those types of guys that with as good of a shooter as he is, once he gets, you know, it going in season, it's gonna be hard to take that dude out of a role on this team. Um, another the guy that I thought today, he brought him he brought him up in that same clip that we just heard right there. You're Jalen Washington's name again. And look, man, I know it's it's probably going to take some time because he just now started getting back to full contact. But a guy like that, you don't really go out of your way if you're Huber Davis to mention a guy like that if you know that he is going to be a redshirt guy. He's going to take some time to heal from that injury. Now, that seems like a guy that could legitimately, at some point in the season, get a shot to play a big role for this team. So... Mm-hmm that's kind of where I'm at. I think the deeper depth on this team should have him more encouraged about Carolina's chances to be a deeper team. And we've said it you know, here, we, we've done podcasts about it. I think we would be stunned if this is not a team that can go 8, 9, possibly even 10 deep at some point if if one of those young guys so, sort of emerges. Um, I, I think this team definitely has the talent throughout the roster to be you know I, I'm not going to say a Roy Williams deep team but one of the deeper teams probably in the ACC by the end of the season
0: one last thing from Hubert today um by our, our our host Walker Mail Asked a question that that I thought was a really unique question because... The other other ones were your questions, by the way, right? And all of my questions
3: (laughs) were the best
0: questions. Congratulations, Walker, you made it on the podcast. Um, Older coaches never really talked about designing their system to get guys to the NBA. It was kind of, look, you're going to come in, you're going to play our version of basketball, and if you get to the NBA, great, but... That's not my that's not my goals. So that's something Hubert's kind of talked about is that he he wants guys to to go to the NBA and 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 have a career and 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 get to enjoy that that NBA lifestyle. And he he talked about how he does that with his system and and here's what he had to say.
2: That's a huge part of my job. One of the things that I tell the guys all the time, I will never ask you to do anything that's a benefit for us but not a benefit for you personally. You know, I my job is to prepare them to be the best that they can be at North Carolina and also prepare them to be the best that they can be in the NBA. One of the things that I talk to them about all the time, whether you stay at North Carolina one year, two year, three year, or four year, I not only want you to get to the NBA, I want you good enough where you can stay in the NBA. And I was very fortunate and blessed to play 12 years in the NBA, and I stopped whenever I wanted to stop. That's what I want for each one of our players. I want them to go into the NBA, and I want them to play as long as they can, but you got to be good enough to be able to do that, and that's what I want. I want all of our players to reach their individual dreams and goals, and I know they want to be in the NBA, and that's what I want for them as well.
0: I thought it was really really nice of – or I think it was really just cool to hear him say that because I I heard Leonard Hamilton just say, look, it's not a focus of ours, but the way we play – it fits the way the NBA games play. That's why we're sending guys to the NBA. You hear this a lot from Kentucky and and Duke about one of their big things is like we're going to get you to the NBA. Well, I mean, what would be the focus for Kentucky outside of that? They they
3: they can't even beat St. Peter's at this point. So
0: and, and so, I do think it's something where I think that's that that's where Hubert knows how to how to recruit. With his media time, because like he could have dodged the question, and he could have just said, "Look, you know, it's about Carolina and stuff like that." But he wants to get the top talent back in Chapel Hill, right? Something that we're cautious of wanting back because we haven't had the, you know, the 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 most success at at, at times with with bringing in the top talent in terms of on the court or whatever. But I really thought this was a really honest answer from him and I do think mm-hmm. it's something that we we do we we do we know there's an NBA influence with Pat Sullivan on the roster and he talked about you know he was going to take from Don Nelson and Pat Riley but maybe we we underestimated how important it is for him to not only get guys into the Carolina family but into that NBA fraternity as well well, yeah, that was the other thing, was it's not only about getting guys into the
3: NBA. It's about keeping guys in the NBA, because that's been the thing. Carolina's gotten guys to the NBA, but they're late-round picks. They're guys that, you know, start out in the G League and ultimately don't get there, or they're end-of-the-roster guys, and they kind of just fade off of rosters, you know, as as they get towards, you know, year two, three, four. I mean look there are guys that have that have stuck it out on rosters I mean I think there are guys that are really just in bad situations <clears throat> Kobe White um but at the same time I I think this this is one of the things that with him I think it it is it is a little bit different um because you know with with Roy I mean, Roy, of course Roy wanted to get his guys to the NBA. And look, Roy had pretty solid success as, at getting his guys to the NBA. There's no doubt about that. But you're talking about somebody that played in the NBA for uh, an extended period of time, 12 years, as he said today. Um, he said, look, I got to retire on my own. Uh, I do. I was not told when my career ended. I told them when my career ended. And this is the thing, he had he had a lot of success in the NBA too. I mean, look, the Knicks, we haven't really seen many great players recently. Uh Hubert Davis was one of the better players for the Knicks in the late 90s. That, that th- this was a guy that was a legitimate piece for an NBA team. So yeah, I, I think he is gonna have a little bit of a different mindset towards that. I think, as you said, that's one of the reasons why Pat Sullivan is on this staff. Um, But I think more than anything, it's, it's what you said. This is a great recruiting tool because you know that people are saying what the fans say. We hear it all the time from people that are ABCers. Everybody says that, well, Carolina doesn't get guys to the NBA or Carolina gets guys to the NBA, but it's not on the same level as Duke, Kentucky, whatever. Well, yeah, first of all, I mean, I've said it multiple times, I would rather win a national championship mm-hmm. than focus on getting five, six guys to the NBA every single year. Um, but that's just me personally. I think that Hubert is going to try to find that balance. Um, and I also found it very interesting that he said, look, we're not going to ask guys to do something that we don't think will help them long-term. Um, and I do think there are you know, programs throughout the country that – it's not that they're asking guys to do things that won't help them because, you know, they're just they're they're selfish or they're trying to eliminate these guys' careers. They have no choice but to. But at Carolina, I thought that was interesting. That he said, look, we're going to play to their strengths. We're going to do what is going to help them um become, you know, what they ultimately want to be. You know, I think part of that is 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 a little bit of coach speak because look, if there's a role that you need certain guys to fill you will definitely ask them to do that. But I think that this is a guy that shows he is a player's coach, and he has a little bit of that NBA mindset of, hey, we want to do what's best for you. Uh, That's something that can only help Carolina. It it certainly won't hurt them.
0: Let's move on to that backcourt duo. We'll We'll start with Caleb Love. And this is a guy that a few weeks ago we had on to talk about Uh, or no, we didn't have one, but we had a discussion about him. And the first thing we focused on was what areas, you know, we were trying to figure out where could he improve. And he talked about that with us today. And the area that he improved, I think, is one that is very important for Carolina this season.
1: My finishing, my finishing ability, finishing at the rim, um, and, you know, my assist. Uh, I feel like I can, you know, lead the the league in assists. That's just uh, one of my personal goals.
0: Look, simply put, it's it, it's it's really it's gonna be really hard to ask him to shoot the three ball better than he did a year ago. Um, I think with the way he shoots, the percentage is gonna be what it's gonna be. He's gonna probably be a high thirties guy. I don't see him ever shooting forty percent because he shoots so many. But finishing at the rim is something where there's all there's 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 room for him to really take a take a step. Because I think the thing is is that he is deceptively fast where, like, it's not like he can blow right by you to get to the rim. I think he has to use his body because he has such a big muscle, you know, muscular frame to get to the rim. But for whatever reason, whether it's from a lack of foul calls or whatever, he didn't finish at the rim very often. And the fact that he's very condescending about it, it, it bodes well for him. And I think it also was probably the biggest thing that hindered him from going to the NBA because if he was a guard that could get to the rim and finish – you factor in he's got a solid mid-range pull-up game that we all like, even though the analytic nerds tell you it's a bad shot. You saw that his ability to create on his own behind the perimeter. He's a two-level scorer. He gets to mm-hmm. the rim. He becomes a three-level scorer, and that's what the NBA wants in their guards. And so, I don't think, you know, that's you know, he. We'll talk about the the man, we'll talk about why he said he came back to school this year, but he's looking at the NBA. That's the one year he's got to improve, and I think it's something that he's very aware of, and. I think we should see much improvement from him this upcoming season.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's not much that he really has to focus on. I think, yeah, it's it's about becoming more efficient, really at all levels of his game, but especially from behind the arc. You want to see that consistency there, you, uh, you know, game in, game out. Um, and we talked about that when we, when we were looking at what steps have to be taken for both him and RJ, when we were looking at that backcourt. We said, look – that's an area where both of them have to improve but especially Caleb and I mean look I think he's always going to be one of those guys that when he's when he's on he's on and when he's struggling he's struggling but he's not going to be afraid to shoot the ball and you don't want him to be because even when he has some of those off nights hey man he can hit that clutch shot I lost Syracuse yep. last year like that's the thing you want this guy to remain confident but yeah that's the that's the the, the next step in his game The thing that's encouraging about this is that he knows that, that coaches have pointed that out to him, or he has watched it on on tape and knows, hey man, this is where I have to improve. That's the thing, and that's the mindset that you want to see. Man, this is a team that's that's not only motivated, but it's a group that knows where some of their weaknesses a year ago were, that knows why they ultimately did not cut down the nets at the end of the season, and they're working to improve on that. So I think that's that's step one of it. Look, it's knowing that this is where you need to improve. Now the thing is, is can he actually go out and do it? I think this is a guy that, look, we we saw it last year. I think there was a time where we were kind of questioning whether or not this was the guy that we brought in as a five-star recruit. I think – you know, late last year, we started to see the five-star recruit. We started to see a guy that was one of the best point guards in his class. You, you, you're you going to see, I, I think, a commitment to him working on this, and you'll see a more efficient player this year.
0: Moving on to the, the next takeaway from Caleb while he was, he was present at ACC Media Tip-Off. I asked him about, you know, you go back. I, you know, when you and I left the Smith Center – after watching the final, I, I I think I think we were nervous. You know, there was there was this quiet confidence that everybody was going to come back. But in this day and age, it's not it's not always a given. I was tired because we had to come back and work the next day. So <laughs> you're always tired because because we're just grinding too hard. I'm always grinding. That I I, I, I don't know if if you're always grinding. So I asked him. I said, "Look, you you kind of flirted on social media. You 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 sent some tweets. You asked some tough questions. Out oh yeah, like, I'm proud. I, I'm proud of look,
3: you. Look. Yeah, I'm yeah. proud of you. Now you you may have you may have uh, you may have had to recollect yourself after asking some of these tough questions. There was but nothing, you know that's part
0: there was of it. nothing to recollect. I okay. was I was in my element. Oh boy. So I asked him what thought press what thought process came back or went into coming back, and this is what he had to say about coming back for his junior season
1: came back for one reason and that's a national championship. Um, that's that's what I came back for and um, uh, I didn't I didn't really think about, you know, NIL or uh, you know uh, other other stuff that may have played up played All a right, role but uh, one that, one reason I came back I was to, to uh, win a national championship.
0: Professional was 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 on wasn't right there cuz I was ready to go. I was I was ready to run through a brick wall. I was ready to you know this let's, let's I, I let's, heard
3: rumors tell me um William Palachik told me that you quote unquote punched the chicken supremes table after that.
0: It was are these truth are these truths or lies, sir. No, Willie likes to spread lies mainly about myself. <laughs> oh come on. by
3: the way, he didn't actually he didn't actually say that. I just made that up because you're gonna believe that he actually said that.
0: But man, I that's what I want to hear from my starting point guard. Yeah. I'm here, I came back. To win a national championship. He also said, you know, because we, of course, we we asked about the shot. And he goes, I don't want to be remembered for the shot. I want to be remembered for winning a national championship. One of my favorite parts of the answer, though,
3: too, was that he does have the shirt. He oh. has not He has not worn the shirt. The shirt is in his closet. It's there, but he does not wear it, although... He did say is this this is the last Caleb clip by the way, right? We got one more. We got okay, all right. Um so I, if, if that is the clip, I don't want to give it away. It's not. Okay, he did say he wants to wear it to the Duke game this year, which would be That would be straight amazing. savage. That would be as, amazing. As, as the kids say. Um but yeah, I mean, look, here's my thing. Did I really expect anything different from those guys? Probably not because yeah, I I I would assume that is the main reason that they came back. For him especially. But he, because, but, look, he, man, but he
0: expressed it wasn't the NIL money. It wasn't it wasn't all the factors that now there's that lure to come back. Yeah. When when the NBA tells you no. Ha, it's, it's it's no, I want to win a national championship. To be
3: honest with you, do you really think that's any of the guys though? Like look, man, I know Armando's gone out and made really good NIL money. I, I think ultimately I think he wants to win a title. I, I hope think so. I, I think with the way that he played last year with how dominant he was, he say, he wants to say, hey, man, I want to be that dominant and finish it with a damn ring. Well, yeah. a damn a, a, a net around my neck. Like, that's that's ultimately the goal, I think, of every one of these guys. And, yeah, I mean, we, I, I don't really expect anything different, and especially from Caleb because, look, man, if Caleb really wanted to, he could have gone to the NBA. He probably would have been a first-round pick based on upside. So, yeah, I, I mean, he could have legitimate, and to be honest with you, with where he was probably going to be picked, he could have went to a contender, too. So, he could be winning an NBA title. But this is a dude that wants to come back and finish the job. And and that's, that's ultimately what you want to see. And that, that ties in with the first quote that we heard from Hubert on this podcast. Man, these dudes are motivated. Apparently, Siri also very excited about the chance to win a national championship. But like, I just I did not expect anything less. You're seeing a team that's motivated. And again, it it really to me feels like the 08-09 team. Um, with that team, I mean, you're talking about the ultimate motivation because every, every one of those guys, I mean that that team was destined. This team, we we knew this was an amazing run that team we were legitimately angry and disappointed that that team did not win a title. So, it's a little bit different with this team. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't seem like the players are taking that mindset of, "Hey, last year was a fun run." No, it seems like they're saying, "Hey, last year was last year was amazing,
0: but we didn't finish. We want to finish this year." Lastly, it w- it was impossible for me to to sit with, you know, Hubert and Caleb and RJ and not ask at least one Roy Williams-related question. And so I chose Caleb as my guy because we noticed this last year in home games that when Caleb Love ran out of the tunnel, he would high-five his then-former head coach. And this was something that, you know, when he was a freshman, we there were r- rumors that their relationship wasn't the best. And then that was a big reason why when that season ended— and Roy Williams retired. There was a lot of belief that Caleb was going to transfer, and so I asked him about. I and I referenced, hey, you, you ran out of the tunnel at home games and you high fived him. Explain y'all's current relationship. Here's what he had to say:
1: our Relationship is great, um, as tight as it can be. Um, you know he's still coaching me uh, even as he's retired. Um, and uh, that's just how our relationship has been um, since I got there. Uh, he's always, you know, taught me, and I, I can't thank him enough for for what I went through my freshman year. Um, I I I think I needed to go through that, but he was there with me every step of the way. He was always coaching me, always teaching me um, certain things, and um, I wouldn't be, you know, a, the player I am today without him.
0: As, as equally as I was ready to run through a brick wall for his, his 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 answer about winning the national championship. You wanted to build it back up and then rerun through it. Well, this 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 answer gave me cold chills. Okay, because that's that's Carolina basketball. That's when we talk about the family. I call it the greatest sports, you know, family that exists. You 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 can show me whatever you want and I'll argue that the Carolina basketball family trumps it. This answer validates that. 'Cause their relationship is still great. Roy Williams is still coaching him, which is something I think we wouldn't think anything other than Roy Williams still coaching him. Um and it, it was just it was really it was it was an honest answer and I think it's just something that when, when we talk about, you know, what's what makes our program so different, it's this because this doesn't happen any everywhere. It it may happen at other places. Duke's got their thing, Kentucky and Kansas they have their thing. It'll never it'll never match what Carolina has because this thing has been going on for 60 plus years.
3: Yeah, and and the other thing is mainly I think it goes back to your first point that people were trying to say that man this relationship was fractured. Um my thing is is go back and look at the year that you're talking about. Man that's as far from a Typical year of sports That you will ever find I mean you had dudes Literally living in hotel rooms Separate from each other Yep. Like yeah of course relationships Were frayed Because I mean it was It was just a weird environment man People weren't in good head spaces mentally So I think a lot of that Went into why People wanted to say that the relationship Wasn't always great Um and to me I mean the thing was look there there were there have been other relationships within the teams you know involving Roy Williams just involving teammates whatever that it's fairly obvious on the surface that was one where we heard rumors and you never really saw anything concrete that said that and then the first game the first game last year this wasn't something where Roy came to a few games talk to Caleb, whatever. No, no, no. This was the first game that he came out, and immediately that tradition started. There's something there, and, I mean, yeah, in terms of Roy coaching, I mean, look, he's either going to coach him on the basketball court or he's going to be coaching Patrick, the 18-year-old who's teeing off at the golf course. Like, Roy's going to coach somebody at something. Like, that's just, that's who he is. It's always been who he is. So, I, I think it's 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 special, and you're not going to really find that at many other programs but man this is this is going to be Roy I think for a while. I don't think that Roy is going to be a guy that if somebody asks him for help is going to say yeah no I can't help you. Um I think they're he's going to be involved. I think you will see him at practices to try to help work on certain stuff if if needed um or you know just for him to show up and give tips to certain teams especially these next couple of years with guys that know him that were recruited by him in some way it's i i think it's just it's special to see and for us i think it's great to see that he is still involved because one of the things i'm not going to say i was worried about this but when you when you listen to that final press conference you saw a guy that i thought felt that he was better, not only not being the head coach, with as harsh as he was on himself, I was worried that he felt like he would be better if he was not involved with the program because he really thought that he had done that much damage to the program, which is honestly a load of crap. Um, and and I'm, I'm starting to get angry just thinking about that. But for him to be as involved, still as involved as he is, it's, it's hands-off involvement, though it's guys have to come to him and ask it's he's in the stands and you know he's still a special part and they still look at him as a a, a figure a guy that they want to play for but at the same time they respect Hubert Davis that is that is so awesome to me and it's a reason why you know i think we we really love carolina basketball and what it's all about because there is so much involvement from everybody even after their time in Chapel Hill on a day-to-day basis as a part of a program, as a paid part of a program, is done.
0: We'll finish up with R.J. Davis, and you're probably wondering why is R.J. going last? Why not the head coach or or Caleb Love? We all have a favorite player, and I look, I love every guy on the roster. R.J. is my guy. That is that is he's my favorite player. He got the tough little nut moniker early on last season. That's yeah. how you know. And, um, he was the first guy that came by, and it was one of those things where, you know, because I was having to be a professional, I was like, okay, you know, introduce myself, whatever. but this is this is my dude. And I was really excited. We weren't originally supposed to have him. We found out yesterday at four o'clock we were getting him, and I got all, you know, I got all pretty excited. And like we started off with Caleb, we started off with RJ asking him, hey, you're coming back. You know, and it was, of course this was a question from me. I was, you, you, you see you the most improvement from your freshman. We, do, we do we have one question from somebody else? Uh, You got the question from Walker. And even these next two questions are not from me. But this one is from Whoa. me. Um, and it was, you know, you see the most growth from your freshman and sophomore year. What are you looking to improve at during your junior season?
4: Just being more consistent with my shot um being that leader the team needs uh you know playmaking ability and one thing i think that has made a tremendous jump this year has been my defense me being a smaller guard just being more of, of a pest and you know getting up into defenders grills 94 feet and i think that's something that i've taken pride in this upcoming year this off season was just being more of that you know kind of dog on the defensive end so with caleb it was finishing at the rim and with
0: rj it was being a better defender and I think that self awareness is is that's how excuse me, that's how the good guys become great. Cause they they know what they need to improve on. And look, I, I think RJ is a I'm not I'm not gonna say a great defender, but I think he's an above average defender. But I've also thought he could be better. And so does he. And that's that's a really big thing talking about picking up ninety four feet. You listen to me. Whenever we watch games together Or we're on the phone watching the game together That's something that I wish we did Was pressure the ball on the backcourt To get teams out of their offense a lot more yeah, quickly you, you yell a lot of different stuff during games <laughs> It's tough for me to pick up on some So I, I do think this is something where Does he need to be more consistent at hitting shots? Yes Can he finish at the rim a lot better? Yes But I think if he takes his game to another to another level defensively And all of a sudden you've got two guys on the perimeter Locking guys, him and Leaky it's going to do things for Carolina defensively in the half court that could maybe elevate them to another level.
3: Well, I mean, this is the thing. You like to see that one of the guys back there is that that is really his his focus, is being a better defender. And, you know, this was something that we thought was going to be a much bigger focus under Hubert Davis. And I think as the season progressed, you started to see that the defensive mindset of this team was changing. And there's no doubt about it. I think that, again, I think both of these guys are more than capable defenders. Um, there is no doubt that both of these guys have the length. They have the tenacity. But the thing that you saw with RJ, and the reason why I think he it will have a chance to be very successful in becoming a – I wouldn't – lockdown defender is really that, – that's – got to be – that that's used too much. Like, Leaky, okay, Leaky is a legitimate lockdown defender because he can guard anywhere from the one to the four.
0: I also was before the ACL injury.
3: Yeah, I mean, again, you were locking down what? Jimmy, the 250 pound uh, small forward that was out
0: there playing. Don't put from... specifics. You said lockdown defender. That's what I was. Yeah, but well,
3: it's not hard to be a lockdown defender when the kid's over in the corner eating a chicken wing before knocking down a shot. I mean, come on. But anyway, I I, I think one thing that we always pointed out about RJ is it's a dude that plays hard, and that's the key, first of all, to playing good defense. You've got to have a mindset, game in and game out, that I'm coming out to play hard.
0: That's eighty five, ninety percent of being a good defender is and, effort,
3: and we never question that with RJ. There were times where we would honestly ask ourselves, he's trying a little bit too hard out there? So that's the that's the thing that I think encourages me the most about him taking a step forward with that. And, yeah, I love it, man, because that's an area that I think, especially in the modern game, it gets lost on these guys that, hey, w- we actually have to defend, especially in college basketball. Like, in the NBA, man, you can win by scoring 125, 130 a night. but In college basketball, you have to be a good defensive team to be able to win games. We saw in that game against that second half against Kansas, when those guards took over, that changed the entire game. So you have to be able to counter that defensively. And uh, I I think, you know, again, this is a guy that's set up to be able to do that.
0: His second answer we're going to play, and this is, I know he's a Roy Williams recruit. This is a Hubert Davis answer, and it was his experience in Chapel Hill.
4: It's been amazing. Just The things that you hear, you know, leading up to Chapel Hill, like my freshman year, it was kind of like COVID, didn't even get to experience the you little know, college, but then my sophomore year, just to, you know, how everything, you kind of actually get that college experience in Chapel Hill. The fans, that man, the fans are crazy. They they love you, um, and I've you know, I fell in love here. Um, this is the place I call this place home.
0: Hearing him say he's fallen in love with the university, mm-hmm. he's fallen in love with the town, is everything that Hubert Davis wants from his guys. That's what he wants when he says, "I don't care how long you're here—one year, two year, three year, four year—but unpack your bags and have two feet in." His freshman year, he didn't have the he couldn't do that because of COVID. Second year. You slowly started working back into normal everyday campus life, but once it really came back, it came back, and I thought I, I loved hearing that because I love hearing our guys talk about how much they love the support from the fans because we are we are a big part of the program. I loved hearing him talk about you know just falling in love with Chapel Hill altogether. Those of those of you that have been there, you look the words can't do it justice to how beautiful that town is, how unique that town is. And I think that's something that when when Hubert Davis is is looking back at, you know, when he's talking about how he wants his program to to look on the court and look off the court, one of his first examples is going to be RJ Davis, the guy who gave North Carolina his all when he was a basketball player. When he was a student Or when he was a civilian coming back Because like Like our pod thought of the day said earlier in the show Our love for this place Is is based on the fact That it was as it was meant to be The university of the people I think RJ Davis is a guy who is embracing that
3: Yeah I mean look I, I think you said that's a Hubert thing I do think that that is one thing That Hubert definitely took from Roy As well um, I think that I, you know, look, Roy wasn't as outward with it, but, I mean, look, we, we, we heard, we've seen the stories. We've read Roy's book. We know that he's a guy that walks through campus all the time and everything like that. Like, that's part of his daily routine. He still does that. He still does that as a guy that lives in Chapel Hill. So, I do think that that has always been a part of the Carolina program is, look, we want you to love the basketball team. We want you to be committed to being a, a, a player, being a student. But we also want you to enjoy your experience here. We also want you to really love being in this town and embracing everything that it has going on. And I, I think that's that's great to hear because, like you said, that was one of the big worries that we had from that really that recruiting class that came in, that guys just – you didn't get to experience that and and i think you know part of it is that you know the roster worked out the way it did part of it is how the transfer portal works now but there are guys from that class that i don't think really got the opportunity to experience what carolina was what we've heard so many talk about before about how special that town is because yeah it is truly one of the last great college towns it is it's its own entity you can kind of live in that bubble for four years if you really wanted to outside of what maybe having to go get some groceries if you really wanted to you could live inside of that bubble for four years really the rest of your life and it's just it's it's its own place you don't have that there's too many big cities now that these schools are in so i love that man because that's that's ultimately what it's about. And to be honest with you, when you have that mindset, that's when you play your best is when you're saying, Hey man, I just love being here. I just love, you know, every day being able to play at Carolina being able to walk through this campus. This is where I want to be every single day because yeah, with, with this class, especially that first season, man, it it didn't have that feeling because yeah, how how are you gonna be excited about living out of your hotel room every day? Like it, it was it's it's just different. So that's really cool.
0: We'll finish up with him echoing something that that Caleb Love said about wanting to be remembered as a winner, returning to win a national championship. According to R.J. Davis himself and the team, they've been they've been preparing all summer long with a
4: championship mindset. Different year, last years in the past uh we know it's not going to be easy but at the same time everything matters every possession matters you're one rebound away from winning the national championship and i think that you know, we have to come in ready every day with high energy and a, a positive you know mindset of, you know this is a, a you know a championship mindset and that is something that you know we've been you know preaching throughout the whole year uh throughout the whole preseason leading up to this upcoming year
0: i think that's the biggest thing that that is that this team really needed to needed to do this summer was once they decided to come back and get the band back together, that a lot of times – I mean, look, you got to win the games on the court, no doubt, but a lot of times games and championships, they're won in the summer. The way you attack practice, the way you attack preparation, and I think this team I, – I, I don't think this team wants to be a team that sleepwalks through the regular season and flips the switch in February. I think they know they can, and I think that that might be a worrisome. But I think they know that look to to really go down as one of the great, the one of the best teams to do it here. You got to do it from November all the way into that first Monday night in April, and that starts in the summer. And I think as as much as you know, you've got Armando Baycott and Caleb Love, who are your you know they're probably the stars of this team. I think R.J. Davis is the heartbeat. I think he's the guy that sets the tone with the way he plays because he does play with that relentless energy, effort, and toughness that that Huber Davis does desire. So, you know, I, I thought it was a nice way to pretty much just echo what Caleb Love was saying that, look, we all came back to win a national championship.
3: Well, I mean, what, what was the guy – you know, when we talked last year about trying to find a pulse for this team, it was it was about mid-year, maybe a little bit earlier than that, we said – Hey, man, we got to find somebody that is going to be that vocal presence on the court because it just it wasn't there. Armando has never really been that guy. You know, Caleb was kind of – we saw him sort of become more of that once they got to the tournament, but he was rather silent as well. Brady, even still kind of a more reserved player unless he's yelling bang, bang, MFR at somebody. Um so it's we, we, we pointed to R.J. Davis because you saw those signs of him being that type of guy. And I think, once again, you're right. He's going to lead that charge of a group that, hey, man, this is what we're here for. Um, and, you know, I think Caleb is in that same mindset as well as, 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 as hey, man, I came back for an extra year. I could have gone to the NBA. I really could have. But I'm here to accomplish one thing. And one thing only. So, yeah, I mean, I think this this team has the motivation factor. There is no doubt about that. And you know, the clips that we've played here, look, we've played a lot of different clips. The majority of these, though, each person that we've heard talk, we have had them talk about the motivation for this season. And I think that that's a good thing because they were notable quotes. It wasn't just yeah, you know, we're motivated to come back and 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 really finish it off. It was a lengthy explanation as to why they came back, why this is important for them to come back and win a title. So I think there is no question this is a team, look, if they want to sleepwalk through the regular season, I mean, I guess they could do that. But, I mean, here's my thing. Is this a team that looks like they want to be an 8th seed again? No. Oh, no. Um, I I really do get the feel of that oh eight, oh nine in the way they they talk, the mindset of that of that team. And just that, hey man, we we're here for one reason and one reason only. With guys like Joel Berry, Theo Pinson, I, I mean, at that time, did those guys really have NBA aspirations? Probably not. These guys, yeah, some of these guys do. And they chose to pass up on that to try to finish the ultimate goal. So I think you're going to see a team that's motivated right away. And, and look, we'll learn quickly. If they show up to that PK-85 tournament, and that looks like a team that we saw at times last year that sleptwalked through some things, we'll know, okay, this is going to be one of those teams that will be a little bit frustrating. They'll have times where they impress us, but ultimately we have to hope they get it together in March. If they come out and they look like they're there to wreck everybody, we're going to know, hey, this is the mindset we thought we were going to see from this team.
0: That's going to conclude our look at ACC
3: media I have off. one question. What's that? How many of these questions – were asked by William Henry Polachik. I used his actual middle name, too. Were none of these questions
0: asked by Willie Paul? No. Oh, no. I don't know which ones oh, no. he, he <sighs> asked. And quite frankly, I don't care. Oh, come on, man. How you doing, Willie, like that? Man? Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get you this week's ad from DraftKings, then we'll get out of this edition of the Four Corners podcast. As if the McCrispie
2: couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispie, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba.
0: The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdown, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We really hope you guys have been taking great advantage of all this great offers. I've been giving you on the four-corner side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast as well. Let's wrap up this edition of the show, baby, but we do encourage you guys to head to the website, heeltoughblog.com, for the latest Carolina football and basketball coverage. Go back, get all the coverage from the Miami whim. less this past weekend. This week, we now turn our attention to Duke. Boom. You'll have a preview. You'll have a recap. You know, trench reports, stock report, all that great stuff on the football side of things. As for basketball, Ashton has another feature article on a, on a Tar Heels starter. Then I'll start to trickle out all of my preseason stuff, as well as we'll start ramping up our basketball coverage on the site. As for the podcast, you know where to find us, every major podcasting platform. Simply search the Four Corners podcast and we'll pop up. There you can rate, review the podcast, rate the new intro, and, and, and give your thoughts on the pod overall. But most importantly, we do encourage you guys to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the preseason and once we get into the actual season. So with that, that will wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!
3: get any
1: sweeter than that